What would happen if you allowed yourself to fully partner with God? I'm Jessica, wife, mom, and business coach. After years of building an empire and coaching hundreds of women, I decided to stop separating my faith and my business so I could become a kingdom builder. A kingdom builder is a woman who wants to build herself up in faith so she can grow her business, increase her influence, and multiply her wealth. All for God's kingdom. Listas? Let's go. Hey Kingdom Builder, I'm so excited for this conversation with my girl, my friend, my sister, A. Margot Blair, who is an author, an educator, and a personal development consultant. She holds a master's degree in theology and she has an emphasis in youth and family ministry. And she's a candidate for her doctor of ministry in organizational leadership. She's worked as a strategic consultant with so many companies, including Comerica Bank, the Obama Foundation, Black Enterprise, Grand Canyon Universities, Honors College, Dallas Mavericks, employees of LinkedIn, ADP, Toyota, Prudential, and she's a former business coach and contributor for Forbes. A. Margo is also the creator of Seasons of Life, which is a personal development training for women. She's known for teaching, equipping, and developing the woman behind the many hats that they wear using biblical principles and adaptive personal development leadership strategies. Most significantly, she's known as a wife to Vincent and mama to E, Liv, and Bean. Let's go. Hey, Margo, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so I'm so hyped up for this conversation. I'm so grateful for you. And we've met in person before. We've connected on social media. And we just saw so many similarities in and just in our faith and our business in the way that we're um, helping other women. And I knew I just wanted to have you as a guest on the podcast. Thank you, Jess. Again, your vision is God ordained. We already know that. But it's the time for us to have the discussion we're going to have today. And so I'm honored and I'm so excited to be here with you and to just talk to the ladies. You consistently talk about in your content and on your podcast is what biblical self-care is. And I think that we we both started off with that where like we come from the entrepreneurial space where we're so used to that that personal development of like becoming this next version of you and what that looks like from the secular space, but really wanting to dive deeper into that, into like what the Bible says and how we can stay true to God's word, but also still evolve and take care of ourselves as women, as entrepreneurs, as the woman of the home. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's just go and just talk about like, what is self-care and then kind of like the the two branches. Cause that like laying that foundation, I think is going to be really good um, for all of the listeners just to get that picture because self-care has been a buzzword that that's what I'll say. Self-care has been a buzzword. And like, one of the things that I'm hearing recently is this soft life. I'm like, Walking the Christian life is hard. Mm-hmm. Having to be counterculture, you know, all doing all of the things that God has called us as women to do. We're still the wife. We're still the mom. We're still all of those things. But then when it comes to faith and business, making sure they intersect, making sure that we are following God and making sure that he's center, 
that is where the importance of biblical self-care comes in. And so anytime I talk about it, I, I do start, like, okay, well, first of all, let's get that common ground. Like what is self-care? And, you know, ultimately I'll, I'll go at actual, like the definition, the World Health Organization really defines self-care as taking the steps that you can to take care of yourself, your physical self, your physical health, your well-being, and that's anywhere from hygiene, uh, nutrition, managing the stressors that you have in your life, but also seeking seeking medical care if that's what you need. Mm -hmm. So that again, foundational, that's self-care. But then when it comes to the secular versus sacred self-care, that secular self-care is all about you. It is what you can do to make sure that you're good and no one can bother you. And that could be anywhere from just you taking care of your fitness, going to get your nails done, hair done, everything did. But it still comes back to you. Biblical self-care, on the other hand, is God at the center of it all. And it's you taking that time to rest, reconnecting with your source, enhancing your time in worship, surrendering to God's will for your life and trusting the longevity of your process. That sacred self-care, the biblical self-care comes down to you getting into a place where you're rejuvenating, recalibrating so that you can go out into the world that is really meant to tear us down and all of those things. And so that's really the difference, like understanding, okay, what is self-care, the rest and recalibration so that you can go out and carry out God's will and vision for your life. Honestly, I um I love that you're saying this because I just watched a sermon recently that was about staying full. And it, he had this analogy of like a vase with water and basically keeping that vase full. And, and the way that we fill that vase is by going in our private, you know, time with God and just like refilling. If we come across people that maybe that drain us or situations that drain us or, you know, just normal life things, the way that we refill that vase of self-care is just, again, by spending and recharging, like you said, in that time to recalibrate with yeah. God. I love that you said that. Yeah. And again, it looks different for different people, right? So when it comes to resting, when it comes to Sabbath, it's also understanding that, it's important for us, for Christian women, to make sure that we are in communities of other women of faith, of other Christian women. And I will say this, I will I will stand on this hill, making sure that you are around other women at different levels of spiritual maturity. We have to be around the new believers, but then we also have to be sitting at the table with seasoned believers. That is one of the biggest challenges within the church is coming on the Sunday and just being with other Christians. We're called to go out. We're called to make disciples. And so being around people with different levels of the spiritual maturity helps us grow along our journeys as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just being around different levels, true. That way we we kind of fill our cup. We learn some things and then we're able to like, it's almost kind of like a mentorship, right? It's reverse mentorship. That's yeah. what it, that's what it is. It's like someone's pouring into you, you're pouring into someone else, but then 
I think the like the newbies, like those new believers, they ask questions. It's like, oh my goodness, I haven't thought about that for so long. Cause I gave my life to Christ when I was 15 years later, I'm not asking those questions anymore. And so bringing it back to the basics and the fundamentals, we have to stay in that pocket as well. It doesn't matter how seasoned we get, but again, as we grow, there's more that's required of us as well. Yeah. Okay. What would you say are some good tips for a woman of faith who feels maybe she's at her wits end, right? Like she just Mm -hmm. depleted. She's trying to find a way to recalibrate or maybe come back to God, or maybe like we say on the podcast, just building ourselves up in faith. That's so good. And I share this whether, again, if this is a new, a new believer or a seasoned believer who is just running to that next season. It's like she's reached a pivot point and needs to determine her next move. And again, this is personal or professional. Ephesians chapters one and two, it talks about how God sees us. I really focus on getting other people to take that step back. Check out of what's going on in the world all around you. And when we dive into Ephesians 1 and 2, it's not about what other people are doing. We're not battling with the comparison selection, right? Looking at other people in our industry thriving and bringing in all the dough. It is, who does God say that you are? And we see that all throughout Ephesians chapters 1 and 2. So to just take some time and 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 just get into the word and just highlight, write down in your journal, if you have one, if you don't go grab one. And what are all of the identifiers that you see God saying you are? I know you're taking me into my next season, but I just don't know what my first next step should be. I think a lot of times we get a Bible and we don't know where to open up to. We don't know how to start sometimes, or maybe we haven't picked up our Bible in a while. And then we also don't know how to restart and just like, where do I go? And and I don't know if this has happened to you, but I found myself where I'm like, all right, I'm just going to close my eyes and open a page and like whatever it lands on, that's going to be, you know, giving us like specific books that we can go and just read and meditate on that word, Ephesians one and two going back to our identity in Christ and how he sees us before we step into this new this new venture and making sure that we're still rooted in in that before the next thing when i started studying ephesians 1 and 2 i had watched i watched this movie called the overcomer with priscilla shire it was this journey of really what became our framework identity restoration the personal development and then spiritual growth I realized a few years ago, whenever that movie came out, that that's really what I've been teaching all along, but I hadn't been able to like piece it together. And there was a lot of stuff that God was even doing in my life. It was talking about God's blessings. It's talking about spiritual insights, God's power in Christ working through us, and then also finding unity in Christ. And so I wanted to just like give those little tidbits, not just go and read it, but like Let's break down what it's talking about and why it's important for that season, right? Because again, going back to the fundamentals, when you are on your journey, keeping him at the center, when the world around you is not necessarily directing you to the word, that's where it can be hard. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with everything that you just said. 
I love that you mentioned earlier too about taking a day of Sabbath, which of course mm -hmm. is a commandment and it's like needed, <laughs> yeah. right? It's needed. God can do more with six days than he can with our us working the seven. Mm -hmm. What's your Sabbath day like? Or what would you tell somebody that needs to how do they take a day of Sabbath? What is that? Oh, yeah. So let's run through that, right? And we can pick we can compare schedules in that sense. Most of the ladies who are tuning in, they wear several different hats. We're mamas, we're wives, we're entrepreneurs. Some of us have multiple businesses. We do other things. When it comes to practicing Sabbath, it can be anywhere from just one day or a couple of days. I'll tell you now, I have two days off a week. My work week is Tuesday through Saturday. So Saturday is essentially my Friday. I came to this place where people talk about like, oh, I hate Mondays. I just didn't necessarily want to deal with other people on Mondays. And then I got into this habit where Mondays were my professional development day. What did I need to do to set the tone for the week? That was one way that I looked at that. But then when I started incorporating my faith back into my business, we will talk a lot about that, about like surrendering your business to God. That was when I realized like, it's not just about me doing my CEO things to be prepared for the week. It was, what does it look like to consult with God? the one who gave me my vision in the first place. What are your priorities? And yes, everybody will say faith first. Sure. So let's put that. Faith is really a, your spiritual life is, is a non-negotiable. But what are those other priorities? We just listed several. Those days, whether it's one day, two days, or a few more, it is getting into the space with God and submitting all of those priorities that you have, all of your responsibilities to him and asking his advice and seeking his will, Matthew 6, 33, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Seeking his will for your life in all of those areas and just being sensitive to the spirit of God. And the only way you can become more sensitive is sitting at his feet. Amen listening to him, not speaking at him. God, these are all the things that are wrong. Silence in his presence. And then you start to, wait a minute, that's not my thought. That's the Holy Spirit talking to me right now. Mm. And then going from there. Yeah. One thing that you talked about was just like restoring like our role as a kingdom woman. Yes. It is so, so important. What is God's original design, right? We, let's go back to Genesis, okay. right? Adam put him to sleep, took from his rib, and womb man was created. There is a specific order that God has. Now, I will say this disclaimer here and now. I'm not talking about the 1950s, the only place where the woman is in the kitchen. It's not what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But what I am talking about is we have to make sure our home is in order. We are the women of the home. If our kids are not taken care of by us, they're being taken care of by someone else. Yeah. If our husband is not being taken care of, what is going to happen out in the world, right? Our husbands are the hunters and gatherers, all of the things. We can take care of the home and not look at it as a chore. Let's go deeper, not look at giving ourselves to our husband as a chore. Well, I don't really feel like it. I don't really want to. 
taking care of the home looks different for all of us. And I will put that out there. I love my husband's cooking. I can prep, but I want him to throw down. Yeah. And we have communicated about what works in our household. Other households, the wife may be the one doing the cooking. And if she doesn't feel like she's supported, that's where she can communicate effectively saying, honey, I need your help in this specific area. And making sure that we are bringing both of our full selves to the table, right? Not this 50-50 thing, mm. but I'm bringing 100%. He's bringing 100%. God is at the center of our marriage. And then also understanding there's days where I'm going to be giving 20 or 30 just because of whatever is going on in my life spiritually. My husband may have to bring an additional 70 or 80% on top of his 100 mm. What does that conversation look like when we're talking about restoring the role of the woman? We have to make sure our identities are intact, our relationships, being able to communicate effectively, our marriage going right to Jesus first and foremost, connecting with other kingdom women who've been married for a lot longer than us to speak into our marriage, right? Not going to our single friends to gossip, but going to our married friends or our single friends who will pray with and for us in our situation. And then also making sure that we are honoring our husbands through that process. But those are just some of those key fundamentals that we don't hear in the secular world today. Yeah, we don't hear it in the secular world, but also I think culturally as women of color where uh, like for me personally, like I come from a single mom household, right? And so like my mom had to play both roles, you too. Yes. Yeah. And so then we come from this space where like our moms, you know, have to be the hunters, the gatherers. And so for me, it was really hard to accept that role for my husband to be the head of the household to kind of let him have that space because yes. I didn't even know what that looked like. I'm like, what do you mean? I can't put on the pants. Right. Like, wait, what do you, but I can't be, I'm an alpha woman. I know how to change my oil. I can change my tire. I don't need you to hold the door open for me. The submission process, relearning that, not even relearning that, but learning that, that was a whole struggle in its own. Like in, in all honesty, I commend my husband for being able to be married to me for this long simply because, and we're only three years in, but at the same time, we got married right before COVID. So I claim that like COVID marriage is different than like everybody's other like long-term marriage. Cause like we were shut in with each other during a global pandemic. Okay. So give me like five more years, right? Just add five to my three. We've been married for eight. Okay. But no, in a, in a serious, serious note, before I got married, I, I was single. I was already killing it in the entrepreneurial streets. I had this identity that I had already forged. And so when I became married, it wasn't just a wife. And then our our, our baby came in the picture. I became a bonus mom the same day I got married. Mm -hmm. And so I inherited a nine and a six-year-old. There was no blueprint for bonus mamahood. There was no blueprint for wifehood. Eight months, we got thrown into a global pandemic. So again, to your point about restoring the role of the womanhood, being raised by single moms, and and now we are supposed to be kingdom women, 
with no blueprint, there was a lot of unlearning and pruning that God had to do to get me into that position. And I'm sure you can speak to that in your own, you know, in your own right as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just really establishing order in our home because that is ultimately our first ministry. Like we want to think, right. Like we think like our, it's our business. It's our identity. It's like, we're out there like, no, hold on. Wait, this needs to be in order first. Um, I actually had the opposite experience in 2020 was like a really hard year for me and my husband's marriage because like so many other relationships too, where we were under the same roof shut in for so long that we're like, wait a minute, now we have to deal with these issues. And this was a huge issue was um, not surrendering that role and really honoring my husband. And so I I love that. And it's something that we've really overcome, but I've been married for this year is going to be my 10 year anniversary. Yep. Right. And I can say that it's a totally different marriage now with God at the center than it was the first nine years, the first eight years, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I want to throw this even to you, right? Because we know not everybody listening is married, right? We have some single sisters for those who desire to be married, right? We can go and talk about what Paul says. It's like, don't do it, sis. You're good. But that desire still doesn't go away. If we're being honest, right? We don't want to be alone. We want to be companion. We we want to love. Like a lot of us have so much love to give. And that was my story. It's like, I just had so much love to give. And now I have that opportunity to do so. Singleness is an assignment though. Mm. And restoring the role of kingdom womanhood we would be remiss if we didn't have that part of the conversation too. To just share with you, sister, you are single. Know that it is an assignment and God is preparing you if that is what he wills for your life. This is not that prophetic moment where I'm like, God has a husband coming for you. So wait for your Boaz. Don't do that, sis. Don't do that. I'm not going to lie to you. Because what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't bring you your husband? Do you still trust God? Is God still good? Is God still on the throne? Prepare for the season. What is it required of you to become a wife? You have to seek God's face first. Mm. But through that journey, I heard this so long ago, and it said, a woman should be so hidden in God that the man has to seek God to find her. Yeah. And that's the wisdom that I would share with our single sisters who desire to be a wife one day. Yeah, I love that. And I'm so glad you included them and really just still incorporating everything that we've talked about with the self-care and tying that into the way that we run our homes, the way that we take care of ourselves, our family. Once we establish those things, we can really get back to the other part of kingdom building, which really is our empire building, which really is the other assignment that God has for us, which everyone's looks differently of, you know, having our business of who we're serving, what we're doing. And I think that's something that you and I connected on was the true surrendering of our businesses where we went through a process of maybe pivoting. It was tough. I'll share this because the story is going to be coming soon. And I'm like, Lord, when do I start sharing? I kind of, I kind of seeded it a little bit earlier about like trust in him. And I will tell you that the biggest lesson that I learned. It was 2021. I had just gotten done with a seven day fast, water only fast. So I was like, I was hearing the whispers of the angels and everyone in heaven. I think like that's how those type of fasts go. Anyway, I was heading out to my doctoral residency 
And I heard it and I know clear as day, I believe that it was the Holy Spirit. And it was, I am taking you on a route that is unfamiliar to you so that I can get you to the destination I've predestined for you. And I want to say that again for the people in the back. I am taking you on a route that is unfamiliar to you so that I can get you to the destination I've predestined for you. And what was so wild about that word is that I had no clue what God was going to be doing. That process of surrendering, it begins before your breakthrough. There's things that God is doing in your life. And it's like he's seeding the breakthrough. He's seeding the change that's going to be coming. And it's going to appear that it's taking so long. God, you said, God, you told me, God, you showed me this. Why am I still waiting? We already talked about that refining process that you have to go through. But the part that people often forget is that there's other people who are connected to the process as well, that they have to be going through their process. And there's so many pieces on that board. And I look at it as a game of chess, timing and making sure that you are in position. Mm. And so when you are in that process of surrender, again, remaining at the feet of Jesus is so fundamental, but continuing to get sharper and sharper and sharper and sharper, getting into the word of God is one thing of it, but then also being ready because he's going to call you. And if you keep your eyes straight ahead, ignoring all side, how distractions, that's Proverbs four verses 25 through 27. I like the message translation. Yes. But it's keeping your eyes straight ahead, ignoring all side, how distractions and the road will stretch out smooth before is it what is what it tells us. That all comes down to getting out of our way and being willing to not outpace God. Yeah, I, I think that was the biggest part for me too in that process of surrendering where I feel like I gave my um, example where I gave my business back as an Isaac. I was like, you know what? Take this back. I don't even want it. I don't even know why you brought me here. Forget it. If you're not in it, I don't want it. I just gave it back. I was like, take this back. I don't even write. And it got to that point. And I love that you said that where we do have to stay ready because we can't be distracted. We can't be unsuited. We can't be not sharp, like you said, because when the Lord says move, you're like, what? Like, Right. I got to get this together. I got to No, My bag is already packed. Lord, call me right now. I'm good to go. Yeah, ready. Maybe that big pivot is really counterculture and a lot of people around don't understand it, Um, especially if you're running a successful business and all of a sudden you pivot your messaging or your audience or your niche, right? And then everyone's like, wait, what are you doing? People freak out or they're like, are you okay? What's going on? Um, I went through that whole season and one of the things that really stood out to me, uh, we had met once briefly, but one of the things that really, really stuck with me was that I had created a pretty, I guess, controversial post. When you're seeking a coach, work with somebody that's not incorporating new age practices. And when I shared that, I had a few, you know, just some feedback. And one of the things that just stayed with me is that you came through and you were like, hey, I've been watching this post. I already knew what was going to come up. I knew what was going to be said. I've been sitting on the sidelines watching. And 
I felt like you just came through like a big sis and we're like, this is what it is. Um, And so that just really, that means a lot to me. I could really cry about that because when we're really taking that bold action, we don't know where that's going to go. Like people think you're crazy. People are going to cancel you, you know, fall off, unfollow, whatever that looks like. And it's people that you really love and care for. Like, like, at first of all, I got chills. I started getting up like, don't cry. I'll lose it. Don't cry. I'll lose it. Because again, you, you just said it and like taking that bold action, being countercultural in today's world. No, 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 Lord. I'm gonna stay in this pocket. I'm gonna keep playing small. I'm gonna collect this money and I'm going to be unfulfilled. I'm going to be so depleted at the end of every single day. And I'm going to wake up the next day knowing that I'm going to do it over again, not doing what God has placed me here to on this earth to do. For you, for me, we said no, no more. And that is one thing that I will say why I was looking at you. I was looking at that post and several others. I was like, oh, she's about to go in. Like I can, you could sense it. I was like, oh, she's about to go. She went in. I was like, I got to get in. But I commented and I was like, amen, sister. And that's it. And I was like, this one's going to, I got to, I got to hold on. I got to, I got to be in my sister's corner real quick. Cause I know there's going to be some people who were, who were going to try and push or, you know, challenge this. And what I didn't want to see happen was you delete the post. I'm not saying that you would have. But I didn't know we weren't necessarily close at that point, but I didn't want to see you delete it throughout the day. I was like, double tap on some of your other comments. I was like, double tap, double tap. And then I saw some ones that I was like, actually, that's disrespectful. And so that's when I jumped in and I was like, look here. And I said what I said. I didn't call anybody out. I didn't disrespect anybody. Here's another sister in faith who's going to stand firm on this word that God had my sister release. And then we started seeing a few other women of faith. Yeah, me too having you share something bold and then having another sister in Christ say, yup. And not just with the light, but actually writing something out gave permission in quotes to the other women of faith to say, I stand by this too, Jess. That's right, Jess. I agree with you because this whole conversation of being countercultural, some people are scared to be first. So I commend you for being bold enough to say, actually, this woo-woo stuff is actually what's interfering with you going deeper in your relationship with God. Check me if you want to. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And honestly, like, I'll never forget that. And that just those things go a long way, right? A long way for us and really just sticking up for each other. And that's really kind of tying it back to surrounding yourself with community of other women that are on different in different seasons and that also um that aren't gonna make you feel like you're crazy or like you know what I mean they're just gonna back you and just solidify you and make you feel more confident and that's really what this whole platform is about is building ourselves up in faith so that we can go ahead and build all the other things that God is calling us to build but it really does start with with us with our our household our self-care and then being able to really suit up and prepare to do all the other things. I'm so grateful for this talk. And I feel like we just need to be friends <laughs> forever. Right. And I think just, you said something. And, and so I want to just cut full circle, right. To something that I shared in the beginning, you said suit up. 
the word I've been hearing over and over again for this next season is vindication. Vindication is to clear of blame or suspicion. Um, it's to show or prove right, reasonable, or justified is what vindication means. In this next season, God is rearranging his front line and he is calling his daughters to rise up. We haven't seen anything yet. And so the one thing I will leave every single woman who listens to this, who listens to it over and over again, is rest. This is what we have to do in this season to be ready. It's an acronym that I believe the Holy Spirit gave to me a couple years ago, but rest, R, reconnect with your source. E, enhance your time in worship. S, surrender to God's will for your life. And T, trust the longevity of God's process for you. And what that means is that while you wait, you cannot worry. That is what I'll send our ladies off with tonight. Tell them who you are if you're living in the movement. You want to praise God. This is how we do it. It's my God. It's my God. It's my God. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Click the link in the show notes to join our Kingdom Builder community app, where you'll get access to free monthly devotionals and additional resources around faith, business, and wealth. This podcast is sponsored by Kingdom Builder.